0: I, uh, I love that commercial, I, I think it was, I first saw it maybe as a Super Bowl commercial uh, or, or such, but just uh, thought it would go right along with our, our theme that we've been focusing on here for the last couple of weeks, and as we uh, as we talk about this subject here, about farming our faith, about farming our faith, if you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and uh, we'll... Will be ready there. So um, three weeks ago, we saw the necessity that there is of plowing a field, and uh, when you consider um, consider the end of a of a of harvesting a crop, there's got to be uh, there's got to be you don't just harvest a crop, you don't just have a crop. There's work in preparation that is necessary in order to get to the time of harvest. If uh, you've driven around and uh, near our our home, uh, there are several fields that are that have been harvested, and I'd say we're probably in the middle of harvesting, if not uh, maybe towards the end of, of harvesting. I see uh, some bean fields have been harvested, some corn fields have been harvested, and uh, but it didn't just they didn't just grow automatically, and we know that, uh, but it took time in in plowing the field, fertilizing the field and then uh we learned last week we we took a look at sowing the seed and uh, the importance of doing that and whatever we sow to is what we're going to reap to if you haven't sown any seed you're not going to get a harvest canaan stop it okay um but if you uh if we sow Bountifully, we're going to reap bountifully. The Bible says, "If you sow sparingly, you're not going to you're not going to reap very much." We we talked about that this morning in our Sunday school class with the young ones, and uh, depending on what seed you sow is what you're going to get is in, during the harvest. You're not going to sow one thing and then get something else. Whatever we sow is what we are going to reap, and so. Um, we saw the necessity that there is of plowing a field. We saw the necessity of breaking up the fallow ground in order to make sure that the soil is proper. And then we can begin to sow the good seed in order to produce a crop and then Lord willing, a harvest for God's honor and for God's glory. And today we're gonna see some important attributes about the farmer and the cultivation of the crop. And not just a physical crop necessarily is what we're talking about, but I think everybody understands there's there's spiritual application to what we're talking about regarding this theme of farming and this uh, agricultural theme here. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna see um, not just a physical crop, but a crop of faith. A farmer after planting will often monitor the soil. Will often keep an eye on the. Uh, uh, the, the soil for even the smallest amount of weeds, or maybe pests, or, or uh, bugs, or, or even uh, maybe worms that could destroy the crop there, and they'll scrutinize it for signs of pests. Uh, then they'll wait, and they'll, they'll give time and space for the sun and the rain, and, and uh, for the mysterious and miraculous work of the seeds to become sprouts, to become stalks, and so in the hopes of a harvest. And so there's uh, there's a certain awe of, of of it because God is the God is the one that allows it to happen, uh, and it's just it's a wonderful I, I think it's a wonderful process that God allows, and then He gives a, a spiritual application for it. But a farmer, maybe most, uh, maybe more than most, and maybe even uh, unbeknownst to him, knows something about faith. A farmer knows something about faith that we can learn from. And I say, maybe even be known to him. Uh, there are farmers, obviously, that are not saved. They're not, uh, they're not Christians, but uh, the same principles that apply are, uh, are, are what we understand as Christians ourselves. And so let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3, then beginning in verse number five. We're going to see here this morning some lessons about farming our faith. Some lessons about farming our faith. And uh, we'll see what Paul has to say about this. It says, uh, in verse number five, it says, "'Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, "'but ministers by whom ye believed, "'even as the Lord gave to every man? "'I have planted, Apollos watered, "'but God gave the increase. "'So then neither is he that planteth anything, "'neither he that watereth, "'but God that giveth the increase.'" Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now, before we get any further, the Bible's not saying that if you if you uh, uh, if you if you don't sow seed that uh, you you're you're of no good. There's not going to be any benefit to it. Uh, as as a matter of fact, it, it goes on here, verse number verse number eight. It says. He that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. The law of God says that if you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. If you only sow a little bit sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. You're going to reap very minimal. And so he says, each man will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Uh, for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. Let's pray. And um, Lord, I pray that you'd work in our hearts. I pray that you'd strengthen us. I pray that you'd encourage us by your word. Lord, I pray that you'd meet with us. Lord, I pray that you'd give a holy hush amongst us as we delve into your word and we learn some of these, uh, some of these principles from your word regarding farming our faith, Lord. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please you. So Lord, I ask you for greater faith. I ask you to, to help me. I pray that you'd help the folks here. And uh, Lord, may we, may, we, may we sow seeds of faith and, and reap greater uh, rewards as a result. In Christ's name, I pray, amen. We uh, looked at Galatians chapter six uh, last, uh, last week talking about the importance of sowing and, and reaping uh, uh, a sowing proper seed. And then we can uh, reap a, a proper harvest. And so we'll reference back to that here in a little bit, but uh, it's no wonder that Scripture encourages us to look to the farmer as an example. Uh, when Paul tells Timothy to be strong in the grace of Christ, he points specifically to the hardworking farmer. How many of you, looking at that video there, uh, you thought, man, it made you think that farming is hard work—the uh, the work that uh, an average farmer puts in—and I know that's all that's that script, but there's a lot of truth to it. Uh, there, uh, talking about being being late at night, being being gone, and then uh, summer times. I think of the, the hard work of uh, farmers, and then having to uh, having to plan, uh, having one thing planned on a calendar, uh, but then praying that the weather would comply with the plans. Uh, there's there's a lot more involved than just uh, you know following your Franklin Covey or what have you, and so you've you've got to um, you've got to trust. And, uh, and, and look to take advantage of the time when you can take advantage of the time. But Paul tells Timothy, he tells him to be strong in the grace, uh, be strong in grace. And he points him specifically to the hardworking farmer in a second uh, Timothy chapter two, uh, verse six is where uh, the Bible makes reference of that. And uh, he encourages the Galatian churches uh, toward endurance. He speaks of sowing and reaping and uh, to, to be patient in waiting for the harvest. If we sow, God will give the increase and there will be a future harvest. And in our own lives, we should recognize our need to look to the farmer. I find myself more often, as I get older, uh, growing weary, and I'm not saying, I'm not giving, I'm not trying to, you know, get sympathy from y'all here. I think y'all relate with me when I make this statement here, but I find myself getting more weary in doing good as I plant and as I wait for growth uh, and and look towards the harvest. I'm talking in ministry and in everyday life and and, um, my wife and I have been married for 16 years and we've been in ministry for a few more years than that. Uh, we've been parenting now for 11 of those years and uh, many more years on the horizon that we're looking to, to be, you know, parent. I, don't, I don't know that it ever stops um, once you have uh, kids. And so we're entering our second year here at this church and, and of, of helping to plant and, and grow a church. And I'm staring ahead at years of more cultivating and weeding and watering and desiring to be. In the, in the mentality of the harvest for God, that's, that's the goal. I wanna ultimately have a harvest for the Lord. And I think I, I probably have no idea, I've not been a farmer, but uh, just from, from uh, what I have done in small gardens and, and such, I feel like I can feel like a farmer who's enjoyed some good crops in life, uh, but who's also looking at some bare fields and uh, beginning to prepare to start the planning cycle all over again. You know, it's, it's a seasonal thing. You don't just plant one time and then you have an abundance of harvest, and that's it. It's, it's a cycle. There are seasons to farming, and there are seasons to the Christian life. There are seasons to, uh, to walking with God and, and growth in our, in our uh, Christian lives. At times, I feel trapped uh, by the everydayness of life, and how much work there is yet to do. Sometimes I have the tendency to, to stand and, and wonder if my labor really matters. You know, the activities of the week, did they really matter? Did they, did they really accomplish a hill of beans? No, no pun intended, you know. But um, um, did what I did, what, is what I did for the week, did it, did it matter? Will, and will it amount to anything in the end? How many of you have ever questioned that? You've wondered that. This week, have you thought about that? Um, how do I continue in all that God has called me to do without growing weary, without growing tired? I received a, a text this week of not growing weary and well-doing, um, and I, I appreciate uh, that. It was an encouragement. We need to be doing that. We need to encourage each other from the Word of God. But uh, how, can I, how can I keep from growing weary, especially when the work is demanding and the harvest appears to be so far in the future? If you're like me, uh, I want to say to you this morning, that's when we can look to the farmer for some answers. And I want to encourage you this morning with that. Uh, this morning, we're going to see some faith farming lessons uh, from a farmer. And so I want you to notice as we get into the Word of God here, some of these lessons here uh, this morning. uh, Notice with me, first and foremost, we see that a farmer has an unwavering commitment to the harvest. If you're going to farm anything, if you're going to put your hand to the plow, we used this illustration uh, some three weeks ago, uh, but it all starts with putting the hand to the plow. The Bible says that no man that putteth his hand to the plow, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean, and, and, and we know that that doesn't mean that you can't uh, experience the kingdom of God. You're not going to get to heaven. Uh, but we ought to, be, we ought to be so focused on uh, the things of God and, and getting started for ultimately the harvest for God, man, that, that everything else is, is, it, we, we ought to consider to be sidetracking us. But let us, let's, let's look forward to the ultimate goal of the harvest that God has called us to. And so I think, first and foremost, what a farmer does, they have an unwavering commitment to the harvest. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. Ecclesiastes 11, verse four, Why don't you go ahead and turn there. Hold your places in 1 Corinthians. Uh, but let's look at Ecclesiastes 11. And then also Proverbs 20. Verse 4, Ecclesiastes 11, let's get into our Bibles here. The Bible is what matters. If a farmer is going to be successful in the harvest, if God is going to bless, uh, there's got to be a commitment to Uh, That farmer there's got to be a commitment by the farmer to the harvest Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 It says he that observeth the wind shall not sow and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap Now there's a A a farmer if he's going to harvest there's there's got to be a commitment I got to get this seed in the ground I've got to sow and uh, the weather's not always going to be favorable and so it says, he that observeth the wind, if a, if a farmer is shy or, or, or standoffish because of the wind, he's, uh, he's not committed as he ought to be. And he that regardeth the cloud shall not reap. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4 says, the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg in harvest. There's a determination. There's a commitment that a farmer's got to sow the seed. And if he's not committed, it's not going to happen. If he if he's a lazy, uh, if he's lazy in the sowing, there's not going to be a harvest. The Bible says he'll be begging in uh, harvest time. And uh, to most farmers, I think uh, farming is a way of life. I mentioned last week. I think and and it almost always requires a lifelong commitment. Most farmers that I know, I don't know anybody that just uh, became a farmer within the last couple of years. Uh, typically, they're they're long lines of, of, of farming and generations of farmers and, and kind of pass it down from generation to generation and almost get married into a farming family, uh, typically. I've, uh, I've often been amazed by farmers and, and uh, cultivations of, of, of crops and things, but all that to say it's not a typical job, it's not a nine to five type, uh, type of thing. Um, It's not a a job where you can give your two weeks notice and then walk away. No, typically they're heavily invested in the the ultimate goal of a good harvest. And so when you farm, I think oftentimes you're connected to a specific land. Uh, You've invested in expensive equipment. How many of you know the price of some of those combines? And some people have got mortgages and, and such. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars for some of that equipment. More than more than our homes are are even more than their homes are are worth sometimes. But uh, you're invested in in expensive equipment. Uh, You're invested in your community, and oftentimes to previous generations of your family who has farmed before you. In other words, there's a deep roots, there's a big picture perspective that's required. Uh, There's a commitment uh, to the harvest that a farmer has. I want to ask you this morning, as a Christian, are you committed to the harvest that God wants you to partake in? God wants to use us. God wants to use us as channels for his honor, for his glory. He wants us to communicate the gospel. He wants us to, uh, to help. Every investment uh, in equipment and every decision regarding uh, precise planting time and every weed that's uprooted uh, requires investment, requires commitment. All of it is done with the harvest in mind, and harvesting in the work of God is a lifelong, long haul as well. Christianity is a commitment. Christianity uh, takes grit. Christianity takes fortitude Christianity takes uh, it takes dependence upon God yes uh, yes death to self uh, but it takes man. it takes a uh, most most Christians are uh, Christianity is a, a tough endeavor things don't always uh, go well Christianity was tough for the uh, for the Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace they believed in the true God they believed in the Lord Jehovah uh, they believe in the the same God that we do but uh, but they still experience some trials. They still experience some uh, some hardships. And a successful Christian needs to be committed uh, to the things of God, needs to be committed to his God. As a Christian, a, a farmer reminds me that I'm called to a lifelong commitment to the harvest and this lifelong commitment is played out in everyday small acts of devotion. A lifelong commitment involves hard work with brief moments of harvest sometimes. You know, we've, there's been times I know when this church has worked, even, even last year and, and uh, or even, even through this year, and, and we've uh, tried to, to make an investment in, in doing something in hopes of a harvest. And sometimes it doesn't always pan out like we would like it to. There's not always an abundant uh, crop like we would like there to be. Uh, But uh, the the, the fact of the matter is it still requires that. It still requires commitment uh, so that we can sow those seeds and and God gives the increase. There have been times in my life where I believed uh, different about the Christian life. I've I've lived thinking short-term hard work might produce a harvest. I'm for, I'm for being more efficient. I'm for being more effective. I'm for using the, the, the brains, that, the, the small amount of brains that God has given me. Um, and working smarter, not necessarily harder. But Christianity requires hard work. We're not talking hard work to earn ourselves to heaven. But we're, we're talking hard work to please our Savior. He deserves, he deserves our best. He deserves everything that we've got. He deserves all of us. He deserves a wholehearted commitment to, uh, to him. And so at the very center of Christianity is a commitment to death to self. There's a commitment to a deep root, to a big picture, uh, where instant growth, instant fruit, or instant anything can never be the goal. There's no such thing as instant Christianity. Uh, you can... You, look. Uh, salvation is a miracle in a moment. Salvation happens instantly when a person acknowledges their sin condition. They call on the Lord and ask uh, Christ to save them. They're saved. They're passed from death unto life. But then discipleship and the rest of the walk with God in Christianity, the life of, uh, with Christ, and that's hard work. It's determination. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's daily Lord willing, daily progress. I want to be progressing. I know we all do in here. But there is a commitment to a deep root, big picture of uh, of a harvest uh, as, as the end result. Christianity is a steady pace over the long haul of life on this earth. And so we see, number one, we see that uh, a farmer has an unwavering commitment to the harvest. A farmer is committed to the harvest. Number two, a farmer lives and works by faith. A farmer lives and works by faith. Turn to Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8. And then also uh, have, uh, turn to Galatians chap- chapter 6. Um, Genesis 8, and then look at verse number 22. We see that a farmer lives and works by faith. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. So we see God says there are some things that are going to happen just no matter what. God's got it planned out. There's going to be seed time and harvest. There's going to be summer and winter. Uh, there's going to be cold and heat. And by the way, you can, you can take that to the bank, all right? Don't put a whole lot of stock in, in uh, global warming. Don't, you, I mean, you can, you, can, you can put some, there's going to, the, God says there's change in climate. He says it right here, all right? But by, by God, this is God's word. This isn't moroscoology. This isn't Pastor Samology. God says there's going to be change in season. There's going to be summer and winter. There's going to be night and uh, day and night. They shall not cease until, uh, obviously, until we are raptured. But uh, these are going to happen. This is going to happen. And by faith, uh, a farmer sows seed. By faith, a a farmer realizes that there will be a harvest as he sows the seed. And so he lives and works by faith. Galatians chapter 6, 9 says this, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. God says, if you don't faith, if you keep keep sowing, you're going to reap. That's the guarantee by faith. That's the promise of God that he gives us. A farmer lives and works by faith. Psalm 126, verse 6 says this. It says, he that goeth forth and weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. God says, if you sow the seed. Uh, but he also says, if you, if you go forth and you're weeping, if you're crying, bearing that seed, sowing the gospel seed to somebody it's referring to, and you're sharing your tears and your heart out with them and, and pleading for them to be saved, the Bible says you'll doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing your sheaves with you. Let me ask you, Christian farmer, when's the last time you've pled with somebody sharing the gospel, and tears poured down your face. When's the last time you compassionately shared the, the word of God, the saving grace of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, and, and, and pleaded with somebody? Well, chances are, uh, if, you, if you didn't do that, if they didn't get saved, chances are, if you didn't share the gospel, and then chances are, if they didn't get saved, you didn't do that. Does he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Farming is backbreaking work; it's dirty work, it's detailed work, and it's risky work. There aren't many guarantees, it. But God does say, "We reap what we sow." It might not always be according to our timing, but God has given these three promises to us. By faith, we do these things; He'll bless. A farmer lives and works by faith. The year 2019 was known as the miserable harvest year. How many knew that, anybody? The miserable harvest year. Obviously for many reasons, uh, 2019, the year of COVID, but uh, I'm sure uh, some, of, some of the factors of that played into this, but uh, specifically uh, agriculturally, uh, it was known as the miserable harvest. There were repeated rains in the month of August that hampered the, the, the combining of the wheat and the other grains, and uh, there were other times where uh, the crop fields did well, but uh, natural disaster and, and uh, chances of the elements uh, totally wiped out the crops right before they were getting ready uh, for the harvest, and so 2019 was the miserable harvest year. What, what's the point of, of mentioning this? Well, all of that labor, all of that time, all of that waiting, for nothing. Why would a farmer invest everything in such a risky venture? Have you ever asked yourself that question in your own life? What's the point? What's the use? I've uh, I've shared the gospel here, or or uh, you, you know you've you, you've you've chalked it up to being uh, to to having a negative attitude. Or what have you. They're not going to listen to me. I'm not this outgoing person. Have you ever asked yourself the question in your own life as you were trying to have a spiritual harvest and you feel like you uh, seemingly harvested nothing or it was just wiped out altogether? Well, God gives the increase. When this happens, the farmer needs to look at his failed crop and as a reminder that ultimately the harvest belongs to God. He is the Lord of the harvest. It's actually God's harvest and not the farmer's harvest. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, we read earlier, it says, So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God gives the increase. The farmer must be faithful to lay the groundwork for the harvest, but the farmer can't be forced uh, the harvest can't be forced. It can only happen through the providence and blessing of God. There's an application to the Christian life regarding this this uh, this situation here. It can be compared, I think, to like parenting sometimes. As I'm parenting my kids over a long period of time, there've been there've well, what I say, thirteen years, eleven years. As I'm parenting my children over over that period of time, I you know sometimes I see glimmers of hope. I see yeah, we're okay. It's taking root here. Root here. We we've we've made some progress in this area, and then there's setbacks. Then there's you know the times of obedience. Then there's this situation that that happens, and then I uh, you know um, I. I feel bah humbug or what have you, but there's an application here. As I'm parenting, there have been the little moments that show me that I'm on the right track. I may not, uh, I know I won't see the full reward until later on, but even then I may not see the reward that I want to see. It's similar as in farming, there are steps that you have to faithfully take to get to the harvest, and if you don't take those steps, you won't have a harvest, but then sometimes things come up to where it can destroy the harvest as well. There are those things that pop up in the growing season that aren't helpful, they aren't what we want to see. We can get, we, uh, get too much rain, or, or we don't have enough rain, or uh, uh, in the end, no matter what the crop looks like, we have to trust God That he's going to take care of us. To focus on fruitfulness can be a frustrating endeavor. And that's not what God's called us to do. God's called us, yes, to consider the harvest. And to invest and do the necessary steps. And uh, have a commitment uh, to the harvest. But we need to avoid being fruit inspectors. We need to work in faith. We need to trust in God. And depend upon him. And that's what we're asked to do. And it's really all that we can do. Number one, we see that a farmer's got a commitment to the harvest. Number two, we see that a farmer lives and works by faith. And then number three, and lastly this morning, we see that a farmer enjoys a unique reward. A unique reward. You mean there's more to it than just enjoying the the harvest and reaping and, and getting the fruits of the harvest? There's way more to it than that. There's way more to it in the Christian walk as well and uh, the bible says here in second uh, timothy chapter uh, 2 verse number 6 it says the husbandman that laboreth must first be partaker of the fruits consider what i say and the lord give thee understanding in all things the farmer enjoys a unique reward as he has put his hand to the plow, as he has uh, sown the seed, as he has cultivated that crop and and hoped for the best and and even prayed uh, for God's blessing upon it, he enjoys a unique reward. He enjoys a reward of fellowship with his savior. He enjoys a a reward of uh, uh, the the fruits of his labor. He enjoys uh, the, the reward of the labor itself. Ask a farmer if they consider the harvest every day and I think they'd say on most days, yes. What do you think? Why do I say that? Because uh, that's the future reward. That's what it all boils down to eventually. That is how they're going to make their, uh, their ends meet. That's how they're going to they're they're make profit. That's how they're going to survive. That's how they're going to live uh, for the next time. That's when faith and work become sight. On the days when they're deep knee in manure, I think a farmer would say, yes, they're considering the harvest. When the irrigation lines burst, I would, I would think, yes, a, a farmer is thinking and considering the harvest. When they're working sun up to sun down in the summer, I would think, yes, a farmer is thinking about the harvest. When they're concerned about a drought, uh, yes, I, I, I think a, a farmer is considering and thinking about the harvest. When they're concerned about too much rain, yes, I think a farmer is considering the end result of the harvest. When we're doing what we do on a daily basis as Christians, are we considering the harvest? Are we considering the end result? Are we considering the well-done, thou good and faithful servant? Are we considering finishing the race that is set before us? The farmer, or to the farmer, I think, the mentality is this, they've, they've made it another year. They've grown another crop. It's financially rewarding, hopefully. But it's also the satisfaction of knowing that they've put it into the ground and they get to enjoy the fruits of their labor with that harvest. It's, it's the process. Uh, the fruit of the reward, some of the fruit of the reward is, is the reward of doing the work. The, the joy of being involved the spiritual application, the joy of being able to put my hands to the plow. Not everybody gets to put their hands to the plow. Unsaved people don't get to put their hands to the plow. They don't get to experience the joy of the Lord. They don't get to experience the joy and the blessings of, of that harvest. But some of that reward is the joy and the privilege of being able to do that work. They enjoy a unique blessing. They enjoy a unique reward. We get to enjoy a unique reward. The reward has always been in the distance, but now there's joy in the harvest. And the greatest satisfaction belongs to the one who has carefully cultivated it all along the way. How many planted gardens this year? I know we have several that did. How many of you... You were out there the day after you sowed the seed, and you were looking for that little sprout. <laughs> I was out there. Is it today, Lord? Were they? Were they? Pretty? No, I don't know that. I was out the next day, but I was out there the next couple of days, waiting for that little sprout to come up. And and how much are we going to have? And then I told you I thought we planted two two long rows of pumpkins, but somehow squash was intermingled in in those and uh, or zucchini. And our awesome neighbor. Uh, turn that into awesome zucchini bread uh, for us. Um, But um, but anyway, um, there's the reward of the satisfaction of knowing that God used you to to sow that seed. God used you to bring about a harvest that you can enjoy not only the harvest, uh, but the the fruit of of, of our labor, the fruit of laboring. Laboring is good. The hardworking uh, hard farmer uh, says uh, in 2 uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 6, talks about the husbandman that laboreth must first be partaker of the fruits. I've always thought about that passage to mean that the farmer eats of his labor. And I think that's, that's the case, but I think there's more to it than just that. There's joy that comes from his long-term of faithfulness. There's joy in the contentment of his work. There's joy in seeing that God used these hands uh, to produce uh, uh, the the, the harvest over the years of life. He's learned the secret and joy of trusting in God's providence. Uh, the, The joy in trusting and experiencing his constant goodness. But there's also joy in what you can't see. I want you to think about the fact of one tiny little seed that becomes a huge, uh, well, that becomes a, uh, it, it, it produces um, a, a plant, uh, and that plant, I, I had the numbers, I forget them off the top of my head. You plant one little kernel of corn, how many stocks, I want to say typically six to eight stocks will be produced, or uh, not stocks, corn ears will be produced on uh, that uh, corn. I think pumpkins was supposed to be Four four or five pumpkins are supposed to be off of that plant. But it all starts from that one little seed. And then God uses us. God uses you. God uses a farmer to plant that one little seed. And he multiplies it, sometimes even a thousandfold of seeds, for his honor, for his glory. God multiplies the harvest, and it goes out into the world in a way that the farmer will never see with his own eyes. But because he can't see it, it doesn't mean it's not happening The farmer has come to trust the process. Number one, uh, he's come to trust the reward and and, and take joy in the reward of his labor, in the reward of his obedience, in the reward of his faithfulness. And then number four, in the reward of the harvest. The Bible says in Galatians chapter six, verse nine, and let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season, we shall reap If we faint not. In conclusion this morning, in our work and in our weariness, I want us to be encouraged. Let us look to the farmer. Let us keep the deep root. Let us keep the big picture of a future harvest in mind. Because God says, if we don't give up, one day we'll enjoy that final harvest and its rewards Unlike our farming friends, this harvest that's cultivated by faith is absolutely guaranteed by God. God said it, you can take it to the bank. Don't have to question it. If God gives instruction to do so, let's obediently do it, and God gives the increase. Let's consider the farmer. Let's pray. Father, I... Thank you for the examples here that you give in Scripture. God, may we we grow in our faith. God, may we sow seeds of faith. May we be determined and committed as the farmer is. Lord, may we, uh, by faith, take you at your word and do what you say. You promise good things. You promise great things. It's an awesome thought to consider that you multiply one little seed, sometimes into thousands. What a miracle you allow us to partake in. Lord, may we enjoy the, uh, the fruit of our labor that we do for you. Lord, may we consider the spiritual applications here this morning. And may we look to the farmer. May we enjoy those rewards that, that you have. May we look to that well done, thou good. And faithful servant. With heads bowed and eyes closed, let's all stand this morning.